0: that um, there are there are many who this is a very difficult time. Um, holidays are a struggle. Um, a lot of people, uh, for whatever reasons, dealing with depression and, and things like that, the holiday time tends to um, exasperate it and make it even more difficult. So um, I, I know that uh, they would appreciate our prayers and, and, and just our sensitivity to be aware of it um so you know kind of keep your eyes open and watch out for for not only for one another but for those that are in your world and in your circle that uh you can have a an influence there we have been looking at uh, the miracles of christ and at some point i'm going to take a little bit of a break and we'll get into christmas stuff but um we're kind of at at a point where there's a number of interesting miracles and i think there's a lot of lessons to learn so i kind of hate to stop um, particularly with the, the the message this morning, so I'm going to continue with that. Let me lay the groundwork for you. Jesus has just come off of feeding the five thousand men, so realistically we're probably talking between ten and twenty thousand people that were fed. Uh, John the Baptist has been beheaded, and that's weighing heavy on the heart of Jesus. Jesus has started to make the transition now towards turning his ministry over to the disciples. So he has now commissioned the 12 disciples. They are, they are doing some of the things that Jesus has been doing. <clears throat> Jesus is within a year of the cross now. So we're in the last year of the ministry of Jesus. Um, the cross is going to start weighing heavily and, and more heavily on his heart, knowing that at some point uh, the sins of the world are going to be placed on his shoulders, that God the Father... Is going to turn the back on his back on God the Son, that there's going to be a very difficult time ahead. And so, as Jesus is starting to make that transition, you're going to see, first of all, the attacks towards him are going to come harder and they're going to become more personal. You're going to see the weight um, of just the whole crucifixion thing start to weigh on him. So therefore, one of the things that you see is Jesus wanting to spend more time with the Father. And that's what we're going to see in this story this morning. Um, at the end of the feeding of the 5,000, the result of, the, of the, the miracle was twofold. For the disciples, their hearts were hardened. They didn't understand the miracle. They didn't get it all. Uh, for the people who saw the feeding of the 5,000, they wanted Jesus to be king. And they wanted to make him king then and there. And they wanted to basically haul Jesus down to Jerusalem and say, hey, look, Herod, we're done with you. This is our new king. And Jesus knew that that time was at least a year off. So one of the things that happens at the end of the story of the of that 5,000 is Jesus goes away, and he wants to get away from that, that scene. And so that's where we pick up our story this morning, as the people are wanting him to be king. Jesus is, is figuring out that he needs to get away. And so here's where we pick up the story. I'm um, looking at it in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, it's found in two of the other Gospels, um, but we're going to look at Matthew's account this morning. It says immediately, Jesus and here's the key made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So the first thing Jesus does, big crowd there, Jesus takes the disciples and he makes them get in the boat, which tells me they didn't want to go. I don't know if they wanted to stay with Jesus. I don't know if they wanted to stay on the shore. I don't know if they were scared because the last boat experience wasn't so hot. And they're thinking, this is bad news. We've been here before. Um, We're a little little boat shy at this point. But it says Jesus makes them get into the boat. Now, that's going to be really important for us to understand. Because Jesus wanted them on the water. Jesus is the one who actually is going to put them on the water, knowing a storm's going to come up. Because Jesus got a plan. They just don't realize it. So it says that Jesus puts them, um, and then he dismisses the crowd. And after he dismisses them, he goes up on the mountainside by himself to pray. So Jesus pushes the disciples off, so to speak, on the boat. Jesus goes up to the mountainside to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Um, the, the, some of the other accounts say it this way. First of all, let's understand the, the area that they're in is about five to six miles across. Um, when we get into some of the other accounts from the other gospel writers, we get the idea that they were, it's five to six miles across, they were like three to four miles into the journey um, when Jesus actually is going to come to them. So you get the impression here they're about three quarters of the way, roughly, across when this, when when Jesus is going to eventually come to them walking on the water. But one of the one of the accounts uses the word that they're uh, that word there that um, buffeted. It actually has the idea behind it tormented. Um, it's interesting because a lot of Bible commentators believe that the disciples had this mindset. That there was this supernatural thing that was going against them. Um, they use the word tormented, and, and when Jesus, when they see Jesus afar off, in the and walking on the water, they first think he's a ghost. So there's this, there's this supernatural, satanic kind of thing going on in their heads that this is like uh, this is like Satan trying to wipe them out or something. And so it says that they're they're buffeted by the waves because the wave, the wind was against it. So these guys are just they're they're doing everything they can. They're 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 rowing. They're 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 they're, they're struggling with it. Um, when you put a timetable on this, by the time Jesus gets to them, they had probably been rowing and struggling for between six and ten hours. Because when you look at the timetable, he puts them on, and then Jesus is going to come to him in the morning. He puts them on at night, and when we look at the time frame by the watches and how they lay it all out, at the very minimum they've been rowing for six hours. And again, this isn't that. This isn't a six-hour. You know, this isn't the the minnow with the three-hour tour thing. This is okay for those of you under thirty. Google it. Um, uh, but you know, this is a. This is one of those things where, it's, where, where they've been rowing and rowing and rowing and the wind and everything else. And again, these are seasoned fishermen. These are guys who, the, for a lot of them, the, the, the sea here, the Galilee here, it, it, they understand how it, if you don't understand it, okay, Galilee, there's a mountain that goes like this, Galilee goes like this, and then there's a, there's a flat area like this. It's like a bowl surrounded by mountain stuff. And, and hill stuff, and so the cold air would come in, and literally in a matter of moments, you could the, the weather would change because it would come sweeping down, and it would, it would change the dynamics of it. So they had, they, again, this wasn't unusual to be in a storm, but this storm had an element about it that was unusual, and this, there was a God thing going on here. And, and and so, it becomes overwhelming to them, um, and they're fighting it, and they're fighting it, and they're fighting it. Um, and then notice what it goes on to say. Um, then it says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. He's been spending time with the Father up on the mountainside. They're down there in this in the, in the water thing, just struggling. Uh, winds are thawing, the waves are thawing. Um They had been here before, but if you remember this in the last story where the winds came up and they were in the boat, Jesus was in the boat with them. And Jesus ain't with them now. Because you see, I think Jesus pushed them out in the boat without him because he knew that in a year he was going to be gone. And their faith had to grow a little bit. So when Jesus pushes them out, this is really a test. It's really a growing thing for them. They didn't understand it. Jesus was actually pushing them into the storm. And, and so Jesus lets them go into the storm here, and, and, and he lets them struggle with the storm for actually quite a long time, between six and ten hours. While well, Jesus realizes they've had, they, 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 they that they're coming to the end of themselves. When they're getting close to that line, Jesus leaves talking to the Father to go out to the disciples. And he walks out to them across the water. And notice what it says. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Not uncommon. Follow this. Follow the thinking here in a minute. It's a storm. Difficult times are happening. Difficult things are going on. A good thing happens. Jesus is coming to them. But they see it as a bad thing. And often you will find that. When you're in the storm, you will interpret good things as bad things. You know, I don't know how many times somebody said, you know, I, I, I see this, you know, somebody does something and, and the world comes crashing down and, 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 and all of a sudden they look at it, they look at the storm and they go, it's because I did this. You know, I've actually had situations where, where people will say to me, um, you know, I, I, I know that they're going through a difficult time. I know that they're going through a, a difficult time, and, and some, a good friend will come alongside of them and try to help them. And they interpret it as they're butting their nose into my business. They're spying on me. They, they see something good as something bad. Why? Because that's a natural tendency in the storm. And in this case, the disciples, Jesus is coming to them, and they see it as a bad thing. They see it as a ghost. They start crying out in fear. And notice Jesus, Jesus as always looks at him and says, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. A more little translation of this is, I am. Here. Take courage, I am. And and to any Jew, I am meant God. I am, here. And Jesus says, don't worry guys, it's me, it's okay. It's all right guys, it's all right. And Jesus tries to calm their fear. And I notice what happens next, because I think this is awesome. Lord, there's Peter now. John, uh, Matthew mentions five stories of Peter that are kind of somewhat unique in the way that he lays them out. But this is the first story. And he introduces this to Peter here. And he says, Peter cries out, and he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you in the water. Now, I think we missed this. But I want you to think about it for a second. What's going on? It's a storm. So the boat's doing this, and the waves are doing this, and the wind's doing this. And Peter's first response is, hey, Jesus, if it's you, can I go do that? Now, I think, Peter, listen, here's what I think. You go back to their commissioning, and, and the whole idea of the Jewish teaching system was this. I'm going to do, I'm going to show you, I'm going to do, and then you're going to do what I do. And Jesus looks at the disciples and commissions them before, and he says, Okay, guys, you watched me for two and a half years now. You've seen what I do now. You go do what I do. You cast out demons. You heal the sick. You, 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 take, you go and you do these things. And I think it's just part of Peter's idea. Peter's looking at it going, hey, Jesus, I want to do what you do. Can I come out there? All you got to do is say. Some people go, well, Peter's got like a chip on his shoulder. He wants to like do something really cool. No, 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 no. Jesus is not going to fulfill Peter's ego to let him do something. Peter's motive is absolutely pure here. And I don't know about you, but in the middle of the storm, the last thing I, the last thing I want to say to Jesus is, hey, let me go out there. And, and th- but that's Peter's response. Peter's response is, hey, Jesus, can I come out there to you? All you got to do is say, let me do it, and I'm there. And notice what happened. It says, Jesus says, come. And I think this is crazy. Peter gets out, down out of the boat. Those of you who have been with us to Papua New Guinea, and you've been through a couple of those bad boat rides, the last thing any of us were thinking about was getting out of the boat. And Peter, I mean, other than when it got on shore, that was the first thing I wanted to do. But I mean, in the middle of the storm, the, the, the last thing you want to do is get out of the boat. And it says Peter gets out of the boat, and notice what it says, and walked on the water, and he came towards Jesus. So he's now walking out on the water towards Jesus. Again, the waves are doing this. The wind's doing this. The boat's doing this. And Peter's looking at Jesus, and Peter's walking out there. And notice what it says. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. I think that's amazing. It's not the waves that throw him. It's the wind. And he sees the wind, and he goes, whoa, what am I doing? And it says he began to sink. Because you see, for the first time in this whole thing, Peter stopped focusing on Jesus and started focusing on his circumstances. And there's a great lesson there. We'll talk about it. But that's what happened. And then, Peter's smart enough here, what does he say? It says, he begins to sink, he cries out, Lord, save me. Believe me, there is a place in Scripture and in your life and in my life for short, quick prayers. This is one. Lord, save me. No fancy anything. He just says, God, help me. And notice what happened. Immediately, Jesus reaches out his hand and catches him. So he reaches out his hand and he grabs him. Now, don't miss this. There's a storm. There's waves. There's wind. And Jesus and Peter are now standing on the water, and Jesus is having a discussion with Peter. Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And I think this is awesome, because... Jesus is looking, Jesus, by the way, let me, let, me, let me highlight this for a second. We're going to talk about the success here as well as the failure. But Jesus doesn't focus on the success. Jesus focuses on Peter's failure. You know why? You will always learn more from your failures than you ever will your successes. And Jesus wants to use this as a teaching tool to Peter. And he says, Peter, look, why why, did you look at the wind? Why did you doubt? Peter, so little faith here. You missed it, Peter. You were almost there, Peter. You were like this close, Peter. And ah, Peter, ah, Peter, you know, wow, buddy, this close. And he and Peter are having this discussion, and then notice what it goes on to say. Um, The next verse is... And when they climbed into the boat, I don't know how long they stood out there. But at some point, Jesus, who's got a hold of Peter now, says it's time to get in the boat. And it says, and when they get in the boat, the wind dies down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret, and the boat plops itself down, and they get off. And it was a lesson for all of them. And I think this really is a turning point in the life of all of the disciples to start to realize that he has incredible power. Even though they have seen it for all of this time, this was a th- this was a big deal to these guys. Okay, um, so you know the story. You've heard the story. Um, you've heard it preached on before, stuff like that. Let me let me. Talk about a couple of takeaways for us, I think, that'll help us. Because the thing you have to struggle with in this thing, Jesus puts them in the middle of the storm. There's no way around it. Jesus, Jesus sends them into the storm. No way around that. I think there's some lessons there. Um, first lesson is this: the storms will reveal what needs to be fixed. Um, years ago, when we had the tornadoes and stuff come through this area. We had a lot of wind that came over to our place. We didn't get the tornadoes and stuff. We had wind. And what it did was it started, it, it got underneath a lot of my shingles and pulled them up. And um, I didn't know it. But over time, I would start to notice it more and more and more. And I got to the point that when you were sitting in our house and it was windy from either the south, the east, or the west. North wind didn't moderate but those the other three did. You'd hear this. Foom. Boom, boom, boom. You know, and and I know that it's only my wife when I'm in the house, and I'm looking at her, and she's not making a noise, I'm not making a noise. So I, I, it's like, what is that noise? It took us a while to figure it out, and we figured out what had happened is the the tabs never sealed down right, and so what would happen is it some of them sealed down in sections, and so what would happen is the wind would get under it and it flip it up, and then it'd flip it down. Boom, boom, boom. And so. I would, so here's the thing, you know, you don't want to go out in the wind, in the storm, and look at your roof. So I'd wait until after the storm was, I'd go out and I'd look at the roof, and the roof looked fine. Because everything had laid back down. So then I realized, the only way I'm going to find out is to go out in the middle of the storm. So I got in the middle of the storm, and I'm watching shingles go, whoa, whoa. And then I walk out, you know, it's raining, and then it's wind, and I'm walking. I go to the south side, and I see the same thing. Again, again, if the wind was, I could only, you know, I had to wait until I had all three. So when the wind was from the west, I had to look at the west side, then the east side, and then the south side. So it took me a while to figure out all the shingles that, all the places this was happening. So I'm out there with my camera. and So finally I call my insurance guy, and he goes, well, here's the problem. He goes, until they break, we don't cover it. Until they blow off we don't cover it. And I went, "Look at the pictures." And he goes, "I know it's a dumb thing, but." He said, "We figure you can go up there with blackjack." So, I went up, did some blackjack stuff, worked for a while. Then, guess what? Foam. Foam. Last winter. Horrible. Foom, foam, 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 foam. Finally, I just decided. I looked at Gina and said, "We have to get it done. We have to get it." So this year, I called a guy. It's awesome. He came in and one day, did the whole thing, boom, done. Um, Armando is like my new friend now. Um, but uh, came in, did it, got it all taken care of. No more foam, 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 foam. But here's the thing. The only way that I knew the problem was during the storm. Other than that, the roof was fine. And you know what? Often in our lives... When things are going well, anybody can be a Christian. But the storms start to show us the areas of our life that are weak. And in this case, for the disciples, jesus, jesus i mean, jesus in a year, Jesus is going to leave these guys, and they're going to be all on their own. So they've got to have a strong faith. So Jesus has to show them now some areas that it's weak. He's already been, they've already been in a storm once and didn't turn to him. So now it's like, hey, will you trust him or not? He needed him him to experience a storm. And so one of the things that storms will do is they will allow you to see areas you need to grow. Second thing they'll do for you, they will allow you to experience things that can only be experienced in the storm. Think about this for a second. Peter is the only person in Bible history other than Jesus who's walked on water. Peter had enough faith to get out of the boat. But the only reason Peter did it was because of the storm. The storm provided Peter an opportunity to do something he couldn't do any other way. And in this scenario, that's what you see. The storm offered Peter an experience that none of the other disciples got to experience. Because even though, I I, I mean, just think about that for a minute. He's walking on water, and then at some point Jesus is pulling him out, but Jesus and him are still standing on the water. And he gets to experience it. And so if there was ever a class where somebody said, hey, look, we need somebody with water walking experience. Peter's like the only guy, he's the only hand up. He's going, I've done it. I've been there. I've done it. But the only reason he got to do it, the only reason he had the experience, was because of a storm. Listen, some of the reasons that God has allowed storms to come into your life is because there are things that you can only experience in a storm. And when you experience those things in the storm, you can then use them... To help other people when they go through the storms. Those of you that have lost a spouse, you know something about loss in going through that storm to help other people. That the only thing, the only reason, I mean, I can try to help and I can be somewhat effective, but I can't be near as effective as you are. Why? Because you have been through that storm. You have experienced something in the storm the average person doesn't experience. Those of you who have gone through a, uh, through an illness, those of you who have who have um, dealt with a job loss, those of you who have dealt with with financial struggles, those of you who dealt with marriage issues, you have experienced things in the storm that the average person doesn't have experience with, and the purpose of that is is, is not to hurt you; it's to be able for you to use that experience to help other people, and the disciples were able to look back on Peter's experience, and by the way. It's interesting who's who's the main who's the main player of the disciples in the New Testament. Peter. Why? Because experiences like this teach Peter things that Peter can then use to to help others down the line. By the way, it's not a, it's not it's it's it shouldn't boggle your mind that the book of Peter 1 Peter and 2 Peter are written to the church during a time of fiery trials. And one of the things that Peter talks about is faith. That becomes a big player in that. Why? Because Peter understood it. Because he'd experienced it. I think another lesson, another takeaway, I guess, in this. In this storm, try to see the unseen. Let me, let me explain this to you. <clears throat> Let's talk about the story for a second from a third-party perspective. Let's just take a great big step back and see it as, a, as, as a, 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 like we're looking at it from heaven, if you will. Where are the disciples? Huh? In the boat. Where's the boat? On the water. What's going on on the water? There's a storm. Where's Jesus? No, no, no. Before, he's on a mountaintop, praying, while his disciples are in the storm. Try to see the unseen. Your storm is not taking Jesus by surprise. He knows what's going on. He's aware. He is interceding for you, if you will. He is playing the role of the one who knows what you are going through. He has been there. Try to see the unseen. This isn't something where it's like, God's abandoned me. No, no, no. Jesus hasn't abandoned his disciples. He's the one that pushed him into the storm. And he's the one who's let him row for six to ten hours. But he knows where their limits are. And he is not going to let them go past their limits. There's no testing, temptation, storm that that has taken you that is not common to man. But God is faithful. He's not going to let that storm take you above what you are able. He knows what that limit is. And when the time comes, and this is the other part of it, Jesus leaves the mountain to go meet the disciples. At some point, God may reveal Himself in the middle of your storm. At some point, Jesus is going to show up. At some point, Jesus is going to say, Don't be afraid. I'm here. But you and I have to look beyond the seen to the unseen. We have to understand that that's the issue of faith. The issue of faith is the idea that I can see God when I can't see God. I can see Jesus still is with me, even when I don't feel like he's with me. When Peter steps out of the boat, he's fine, as long as his eyes are on Jesus. But when he takes his eyes off, when he starts looking at his circumstances... His circumstances become overwhelming, and he starts to drown. But he's smart enough to know, Lord, help me. And Jesus comes back into the picture for him. And my challenge is, for some of you, this is what's going on right now. For some of you, you're in the middle of a storm. I don't know what it is. Might be related to family, might be related to job, might be related to money, might be related to whatever, crisis, health, I don't know. You're in the middle of a storm. Um, let me remind you of a couple of things. Try to see the unseen. God's still there. He has not abandoned you. He will show up. He is going to be there. But you're like, I, 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 I just, it's so overwhelming. He let the disciples struggle for six to ten hours. Why? Why? He needed them to understand something. Because you see, the storm was an opportunity for them to grow. And they do. At the end of this thing, they worship and go, truly, you are the Son of God. But the storm was also an opportunity to experience something that could only be experienced through the storm. And so Peter is one of the few disciples who's able to say, I got to walk on water. And yeah, uh, I failed at it. (laughs) But you know what? I learned from it, and I grew from it. And I experienced something because of it, and because of it, God was able to use it in my life as I took the gospel forward in all the New Testament after Jesus leaves. So my prayer for you this week is this. You're reminded that the storms of life will come into our lives. They're going to reveal areas of growth, and they're going to allow us opportunities to experience God in new ways. Those storms have not taken God by surprise. And at the right time, God will reveal himself. We just need to be willing to respond. Let's pray. Lord, help us. God, there are folks here who are going through some pretty tough stuff right now. God, you need to encourage them as only you can. Lord, there are others here who have weathered the storms. Lord, they have gone through the, the difficult time. They have seen you. They have learned some things. They have deepened their faith, and they've grown through their experiences. Or would you help them to understand that they now have an opportunity and a responsibility to come alongside others who are in the middle of those storms lord use us this week Lord. we have people in this community who have been and who are going through some pretty tough storm and lord we have people here who can help them but lord we need to understand that uh the storms that we went through we were allowed to go through so that we could help those and we need to do that so help us to do that and lord for those who are struggling would you encourage him today and lord when it's all said and done would you use all of us and grow our faith and help us to be able to see you in all that we do and we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise you since we ask in your name amen